The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome. Welcome to the Tutor Ramble podcast. Uh, my name is Richard. My name is Austin. This is our first attempt at being uh, internet e-boys. Yes, and this is our first podcast ever. We have not recorded anything Prior to this moment. Oh, yeah. Nothing. It's our first take. Oh, yeah. No mistakes. Zero. Absolutely none. Zero mistakes. So, th- th- we- confession. I am the editor of the group. He's like the website and all the, the technical stuff of the group. All this. Like, no idea how to put this together. So, a- as I was editing uh, two episodes, uh, the first one maybe an hour and 40, hour 50 minutes, almost, almost two like hours. Yeah. Second one was about an hour plus. Um, so this, this is technically our third episode and we, we were supposed to be posting at this point for like a week plus. Yeah. But we we talked about like, we're, we're going to get into some of the stuff so we can, you know, fill the people in. But, uh, yeah, the, the files are all gone. Um, it's just weird how technology works like that kind of just disappeared. It it sometimes just happens. (laughs) Now I screwed up royally. Mm-hmm. And now we're having what I like to think is that was good practice, though. We kind of got our, you know, we got sure. comfortable in the seat. Uh huh. Okay, there's no way to justify it. <laughs> uh, I've I've had to struggle with days of him staring daggers at me. It's now, a- you at the end of the day, like it would, I would be angry if you deleted something of value. But currently, <laughs> I just <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> like, we, we have like two an, minutes of good footage. Un-air, this is an unaired podcast. What <laughs> value to, did you delete? You, you got, deleted our time. Yeah. You deleted our time. Which That's is also is. pretty valueless. So, end of the day. End of the day, you know, oh well. So, welcome to our first podcast. All right. So, uh, this podcast is about us kind of rambling about uh, books, TV shows, movies, discussing uh, what we think about it. On most things, we agree on a lot, yeah, yeah. which is probably not the best combo to have for a podcast discussion. Kind of leads to a little bit of circle jerking, but that's fine. Uh, but actually, a lot of this uh, podcast idea came from the rating system we developed with our oh, friends, yes, yes, which yes. Like, I personally think it's a great numerical system to apply to art. 
because I think art can really be boiled down to the numbers. It's mathematical. It's a math. We we're not only right; we're mathematically right about our movie opinions. I, I seriously think this this is just the perfect rating system, though. People should use this. Take it. Use it. Oh yeah, for everything. All right. So a quick rundown of it. So what we have is five categories that runs through um, any kind of medium like books, TVs, or movies. Right, which we're going to review a ton of that, right? So like yeah. a new movie comes out, like Batman. We're going to see that this week. That's probably going to be our second episode. Probably. Um, so, well, today we should also introduce real quick Way of Kings. We're going to be talking about Way of Kings yeah. because it was the first book that got me into epic fantasy. Likewise. And, yeah. But uh, starting off, the rating system starts off with, number one, emotional impact. Right. What that involves is what the movie intended to do. So is it a comedy? How much did it make you laugh? Is it a tragedy? How did it make you cry? Is it action? Did you get excited? So whatever the emotional impact was intended, did you feel it? And that's rated out of 10, right? Yep, out of 10. Very simply put, there's five categories and each is rated out of 10. Yep. And then you total that so it'll be out of 50, Mm -hmm. right? So you divide by five, the five categories, and you get your out of 10 score for the whole book, the whole movie. So that first category is emotional impact. And the second is characters. Yeah. Okay. Uh, characters, how well did they develop? How were, how well were they realized? Did they feel inconsistent? Do you connect with them, basically? Yep. Uh, third would be plot. So was it an interesting plot? Did it, uh, did it take you along? Not, not was it complex, but was it well executed for what they're doing? Exactly. Um, example, uh, 1917. Simple plot. Very. Go... Go to here. Stop the, uh, you know, stop the attack. That's yes. that's it. But it's intriguing. You're you're actually involved with it. Um, where plot like Knives Out, complicated but incredibly well executed. So what we think about the plot. Uh, fourth is, uh, dialogue slash. It depends with the book, right? Depends so- on the medium. So if it's a movie dialogue yeah if it's a or movie or tv show if it's a book dialogue slash prose yeah kind of goes together in there yep and then the last is the fifth category which changes depending on the medium so for tv shows and movies it would be cinematography so how how are things looking in frame um what was the action like if there's cg how well does it look practical effects, Directing, all that stuff visual sounds yeah, yeah. yeah. And then for books, it would be world building, because I think that would be the most important aspect. Especially in, in fantasy, yes. Especially in yeah. fantasy. Um, but that's the wild, the fifth category is the wild card one. But we rate each one out of 10, and then we have our average score. Personally, I only use whole numbers. I don't do fractions, because it's already 10, don't need to... Divide it any further just makes it harder on us. But I use fractions. I, I get to use fractions. Which I go to the oh, nearest well. thousandth. Yeah, you, you got to re- really be precise. You do because you can't have two. Like, what if two movies are exactly nines? No, it can't be. You have to have one like a 9.1. Well, they're, they're in a range. Like, uh, that's the thing. I can't yeah. like narrow it down that hard. But anyway, great uh, rating system. Oh, yeah. Works across it. So far, we've done it with. Dozens and if not hundreds of books slash movies shows, we yeah. we actually went through uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. We had a whole group of us, uh, roommates and all, just watch 
Avatar The Last Airbender all three seasons, and we didn't just rate the seasons or the show. We rated every individual episode. With this rating system, so emotional impact, characters, plot, dialogue, cinematography, since it's a show, not a book, did it for all five for every single episode. And by the end, we found out that the best episode is. Oh, it's the... Uh, the fortune teller. The fortune teller, yeah. It is. It, mathematically, the best episode of Avatar The Last Air- Airbender. Every category. It's just I'm emotionally I, involved. I, I was very happy that we both agreed wholeheartedly <laughs> end of the day who needs bossing say the tells of bossing say the oh, best no. iroh scene ever screw iroh screw okay. zuko like we don't need any other character i couldn't even joke my way into saying that that was brave that was very brave of you <laughs> <laughs> we're we're gonna get uh absolutely hated on for our first episode oh, which oh yeah all my mom and yes. steve no it's colin get it right i had the hope that some additional person would also watch I had the false the hope guy. that three people would watch it. Because we, you met that guy, Colin, right? At no, Colin, Colin's a microcenter. But at this point, I told him like two, three weeks ago that we yeah. had a podcast. He's not looking it up now. <laughs> it's too late. Are, are you blaming me for that? A little bit, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to just, get that clear. Just okay. a little bit. Okay. Yeah, sorry, Colin. That is on me. We promised Colin at microcenter when we were buying some equipment that we were going to have a podcast. It was going to be ready to go. And there's no chance he's waited for us. Absolutely not. So you're right. Mom and hopefully Steve are out there. Oh, well. And maybe our friends, which we're going to bring them up quite a lot, I think. These will be more fun if we make fun of some people. Well, that that's the test. Did yeah, they actually know. watch our podcast is like whether or not they're insulted uh, the next day. Fantastic. So if if I get the uh, you know evil eye from Justin in the morning, uh-huh. then I know that. Oh, he saw the podcast. Good. It's, it's a good thing. He, he oh, yeah. cares. You know? He cares. Yeah. He actually cared to watch. Yeah. Oh, neat. But anyway, uh, let's actually go right into let's do the it. book that started it all, at least for my literary journey. Like, quite literally, the first high fantasy, like, high fantasy book that I read was The Way of Kings. Other than I read Hobbit like a while ago, but that's not. Sure. Lord of the Rings is high fantasy. Hobbit's more of a children. But anyway. This point, rejuvenated. It your rejuvenated interest. my love in reading again. Yep. Which honestly I really can't thank it enough. It's because of this I that I read The Wheel of Time, the best book series ever. Which you'll see he designed the bookshelf specifically, so right above my head you just see the fat oh, collection that, of oh, Robert no, Jordan Wheel of Time. And I don't know if it's in I think it's slightly out of frame that I'm also collecting first edition hardcovers. <laughs> Of oh, the yeah. entire Wheel of Time. I think they could see it. It's like, we're here. Eh, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's cut off. I'll get it. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> but, Brandon Sanderson's The Way of Kings. Yes. Right off the gate, emotional impact for me. Ugh. Pulling out. I give, actually, emotional impact a 9. 9 out of 10. 9 out of 10. I, I think it's the best aspect of the book, personally. And... I will be honest, I rated this book much higher when I first read it and I didn't read anything else. Mm. My opinion about the book has changed after reading others. Fair. That doesn't... Perspective. It, it's changed my perspective, but it's still amazing. This it, book's incredible. The series is incredible. Stormlight Archives, this is the first book in the series. Yeah. And if you're not... It, maybe people are hearing about Wave Kings for the first time. This book is... Uh, what would you say it's similar to? 
it in the fantasy genre. That's very popular because you can't say Lord of the Rings. No, it's because not. Lord of the Rings is more so. It's not uh, even honestly. It's not even close to Lord of the Rings. Oh, fair. Okay. Um. Honestly, a little bit of Wheel of Time, a little bit, and that's bit. because Brandon Sanderson was inspired a lot okay. by Robert Jordan. So, but if you read Wheel of Time, you're you've you already know about Sanderson. Yeah. So, um. Well, honestly, I'll, I'll be honest. It feels a little bit like a more in-depth superhero movie. Oh wow! Oh, okay. I see. If I'll be honest, Kaladin, he's a superhero. He is a superhero. And, and but, before, yeah. uh, actually, real quick too. Uh, so you rated it a nine. Yeah. What did you rate it? I rated it a nine point two. So we're basically on the same page. Fair enough. And quick spoiler-free version. You want to do a couple minutes of a spoiler-free, just in case. Okay. Uh, someone hasn't, free. you know, someone hasn't read it. They want to read it. Give them a little info, you know. Okay. Yeah. So, Way of Kings. The quick spoiler-free version is read it. That's that's <laughs> it. Uh, read the book. Uh, other than that, there's uh, three POVs. Uh, there's uh, one POV which is about a uh, girl that is trying to save her family, but. She's going to have to do it in a heist-type format. She becomes the ward of a, a Jesna. noble Jesna, noblewoman, and she has to get in her good graces and steal a piece of magic tech from her to save her family and all the drama that goes along. Then you have Dalinar. Oh, my favorite. Dalinar is... Yeah, arguably the best, um, which is a bloodthirsty war general that decides to become... A better man, a not just not really a pacifist, but a stoic, like an actual. He honestly, it's him trying to become Aragorn. Hmm. It's a little Lord of the Rings similar, a little bit, but a real man, a real hero, and he stumbles along the way and trying to figure that out and that balance. Mm -hmm. And then you have the. The sad, the sad boy, Kaladin. More than sad boy, it's it's actually a great story about depression and yeah. That does oh, Sanderson. We're we're gonna have a lot of praise for Sanderson. He's my personal favorite author. I think he's your second. What did you say? He's right behind Jordan. He's up there. Sanderson uh, top three at least. is the way he writes mental illness in this book through Kaladin and the hero's journey is fantastic. And I want to say this: just this is spoiler free still, so. If you like movies like Gladiator, uh, that is very similar to, you know, not spoiling the ending here, but it's that's a great it's comparison. similar to Kaladin's story here. And does he succeed? Who knows, you know. But his start is like uh, is like a what Russell Crowe's character in Gladiator. Uh, it's, Maximus. It's the so. it's the ultimate underdog. Yeah. He starts as a slave, and him battling depression and his failures. Um, you know, does he rise up to face? Yeah. His challenges, even after countless failures. Mm -hmm. And story where it goes, it is the highlight of the book. So it's a cloak. I think you know, Kaladin's the focus, and then real close behind is Dalinar. Great. And we'll get into it a little later. Actually, well, yeah. I'll go right into hey, character. Spoilers now. Okay. If you, if you don't want the spoilers right. in the book, spoilers. Check out for a you got. Bit. We're going right into spoilers. And now. Shallon is the weakest part of the book. If we're going right into you characters. You do not hesitate. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I give characters an eight. It okay. would have been higher because I think Brandon Sanderson does characters incredibly well. Okay. But Shallon brings it down. 
she gets much better. She's some of my favorite parts in later books, but in the first book, it's a drag. It's a drag on a third. A third of the book is a little bit of a drag. I and, agree there. I gave characters an 8.5. And for reasons being Shallon, and also, I'm saying only the bad things first, because I'm explaining why it's not a 10 out of 10. That's all. The book, phenomenal, top to bottom. But Shallon and, uh, and some of the Bridge Four members are yeah. not explained as in-depth. I don't get super attached to them. Some of them are kind of just named once. To be fair, when it comes to ensemble, brotherhood, kind of like groups, groups yeah. in fantasy, which is common. Like It's a common trope where the main character is in, you know, joins some type of group. Yeah. Brandon Sanderson does a good job on getting you to empathize with Bridge Four as a brotherhood, as a group. A lot of books fall short. Oh, much further. As a unit, much I further. care so much about Bridge Four. Yeah. I wish I cared more about the individuals of Bridge Four in this book. Fair enough. Gets better Fair and enough. more developed. But as far as this book goes, Bridge Four, I feel like I'm a part of Bridge Four. Yeah. Uh, but some of the ma- even the main characters in Way of Kings, uh, you have Rock and Teft. Uh, who's the cousin? The guy that has a bunch of cousins. Lupin? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. He's funny. Uh, but I wish some. I got some more from them. But at the same time, the trade-off to that is getting Kaladin, Dalinar, Navani, Jesna, and specifically Kaladin and Dalinar, Adeline. Yeah. Where these well, characters are. Navani was a surprise. Surprise interest for me. I, If you've read it already... For some reason, Navani interested me. Like, I wanted yeah. more of her character. She just was odd. Like, you know, she's clearly like this this elder, elder-ish stateswoman who, you know, she's the mother of the previous king. Uh, she's the mother of the king and, you know, wife of the previous king. Has all this power, but doesn't really have real power and influence, but people still treat her that way. It Just how... How she messes with people is so fun to see. Yep. And then her, of course, her interactions with Dalinar are great. It's enjoyable. Fantastic, yeah. But, but no, so that's characters. Uh, then we go on to plot, which is the lower one for me, which is, a, I give it a seven on plot. And that's mostly because of Shallon. It would be higher, but a third of the plot is a little dull. Okay. That's, that's okay. my main thing. Kaladin's plot is just... Mm, if it was just Kaladin and Dalinar, I think it would be fairly close to 9 or 10. It would honestly have to be. But a third of the book is... I, I had to like... I was like... Every time I came to a Shallon chapter, I was like, how many more pages till Kaladin comes back? What do you think about the big plot twist with Sedeus' betrayal? Well, it got me. Yeah. It actually did get me. Though, maybe that's because I didn't read a lot before, but it got me because the twist, it was a double twist. It was yep. so obvious that Sadeus was going to betray him. Oh, of course he is. But then we find out that actually, you know, Ad- Adeline was wrong about other things. Maybe, and he's probably wrong about Sadeus. But no, he was actually right. <laughs> all right. So... That was great. Um, there's so many moments that we could get into much oh, longer. So many. But I do want to get through the whole... Okay, let's just give our ratings and the rating real quick, then we could talk yeah. about the book. So. Um, 
So plot, what'd you give plot? I gave plot 9.5. I, I fell in love. I, I also have a nostalgia factor, although I only read this like a year, year and a half ago, but the nostalgia yeah. of this being what started it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the plot is pretty simple on face value. Sure. Uh, it's it's that simple archetype like 1917, as you were explaining. Uh, I don't know. Well, honestly, the plot is kind of complicated. Kaladin's. Kaladin. Kaladin's is for, you know. It's and also, Dal- no, Dalin, honestly, both eh, him and Dalinar have some interesting plot uh, dynamics. And Dalinar trying to manage uh, Magic Kingdom, manage his reputation, like compare how people fear his past and now are kind of... Mm-hmm. Uh, Mocking his present state. Dalinar is my favorite part of the book. So yes, it, yeah. Like Kaladin's story to me is pretty. You know, it's that hero trope of slave to, uh, to champion or slave to he gets freed. Yeah. That you know, there's a lot more that happens in between that, but the start to finish, if you've seen it before, it's the way he does sure. it is fantastic. It, it is very on the nose trope, but yep. it's just executed so well that oh, you don't perfect. care. No. I'm cheering alongside, like, uh, Syl, ah, Syl is great, but I'm cheering, it was, uh, while I was reading this book, I, there was a moment in, um, during the end, a Mm. scene where Kaladin actually goes back and jumps across the bridge to save Adeline, and I actually was alone in a room, and I stood up and said, yeah, go Kaladin, and I, (laughs) out loud, (laughs) In a room while reading to myself. Like, that's how emotionally attached I was to those, those characters in that moment. I feel that. I so, do. No, I, I remember hearing you, like, scream, like, like you were, you were making some noise in your room upstairs. <laughs> I could hear you. If you knew I was finishing the book, and I oh, had, yeah. like, 100 pages left, and I said, I'm just going to finish it today. Yeah. And, yeah, th- that was a great time. But uh, let's go on to prose and dialogue. A uh, little, little up, uh, I'd put it at an 8. Eight, I gave it a nine point seven. Okay. And then real quick world building. Uh I gave world building a seven. And okay. that is Okay, we'll talk about that. The first book, it gets better. Okay. And then I gave World Building a nine. Mm-hmm. And my total, so my total review of Wave Kings, and we we just want to give you our, our number real quick and we'll talk we'll talk about it in detail. Nine point one eight. I didn't even average all these yet. See, I'm, that's that's I'm what whole dumb. numbers get you. Whole numbers get you sidetracked from what really matters. So 9.18, and we've got what for you? 7.8. 7.8. That's pretty low. I mean, I consider that's... five average. I have a lot of fives. Me too. I just think this is a this I have is a lot a of five of books and like sixes and things. And I'll be at, like, the other books get much, much higher. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Honest question. Yeah. Uh, an absolute miracle occurs. We actually get to five viewers. Oh, yeah. And that five viewers turns to 15 somehow. Maybe three years down the line. Let's You're say... asking a bit much Listen, here. I'm asking a bit much. I'm saying pretend there's a multiverse where there's a better version of ourselves, right? Where we're successful, okay? Now, get into that multiverse. We now have, you know, we're, we're up there with the Daniel Greens. We're booktuber, podcasters, stuff, okay? We get Sanderson. Yeah. On the podcast. Are you going to say to his face, Brandon Sanderson, my hero, Way of Kings is a set, and then you're, you're going to say set, and Brandon Sanderson's right there is going to shut you up. What are you going to say to him? I mean, be honest. 
I'll be honest. This is, I think it's a 7.8. He's going to end a Zoom call <laughs> and say this is the worst <laughs> podcast. I, I cannot believe I've been deceived. I thought you guys were fans of mine. I am. <laughs> That's a fan <laughs> review. It's well, such no, a harsh it, review. No, it is. Uh, he, I, I'm simply pretty harsh, too. That's why I'm surprised because you're more... Uh, it, you. I think it's more with TV shows and movies that you tend to rate stuff uh, in nets higher for you. And books, since, so. you, since you've read so many books, maybe you have more perspective to give a what's a nine versus a seven. Well, I do, I do have the uncanny ability to shut my brain off and enjoy things. Like, I, I can sit down and watch a TV show that is awful. Awful. Oh, I've seen it. And I've witnessed it. I'll just watch and go like, pretty good and i i did not think it like just i was there for the journey i may have seen the show three or four times and i'll still get surprised at the twist ending there's one exception though <laughs> which one blood of zeus yes and no like i i was carried around but i was like is it gonna get better it has to get better it kept you going it kept me going yeah. because i it was not good and i was like it has to get better. Like, th- this can't be it. There's more. There has to be more. The Valkyrie person? Yeah. That like, was like, It was all this cool. setup and going, oh, coolness. Like, yeah. it should come. But it didn't. It never and, came. And our friend recommended that to us. You remember who that was? Oh, yeah. Misha. God, I was hoping we said that at the same time. Misha. Okay. I thought we were going name and then saying piece of shit. But okay. Not on let's, the same let's get, hold on. Here. Re- retry. Ready? God damn. Pete. Misha. Okay, so Misha. Misha is uh, used to be our friend a while ago. And then he recommended Blood of Zeus Then he to recommended to Blood of Zeus and a lot of other things that, uh, you know, we'll have him on the podcast one day. Oh, one day. Um, off screen. You'll just hear his voice <laughs> shouting from he the side. He doesn't get a mic. Guys. Not that we can't. I thought Blood of Zeus was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I think he backtracked that recommendation, though. Yeah, but we, tried, we bullied but... him into backtracking that. Yeah. Now, he has some incorrect opinions yeah. which by the way that was the alternate title is um hmm. correct opinions oh of the podcast yeah i okay, think yeah because correct everyone opinions, but yes. us has incorrect opinions it, and like i said because we use math for our opinions and <laughs> others don't obviously and it's strange you have a 7.8 i have a 9.18 but they're both correct they're both correct somehow from a certain point of view <laughs> from a certain point of view <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about some of the biggest scenes in this book and why okay try to give some good thoughts about it the 7.8 i know it looks low on paper but you did love this book oh yeah i, I have a huge soft spot for it and the thing is with the rating system unfortunately is you're gonna get these scores where i like emotional impact nine like i felt i loved like i did really that I, in all honesty maybe Emotional impact is the most important. Mm, yeah, to me it is. Well, characters, characters are. It they go hand in hand. Hand in hand, yeah. But I mean, there's plenty of books that may. Example: Name of the Wind, has one of the most beautiful prose they've ever come across. Dialogue, amazing, gorgeous. It, it is the ten out of ten prose. However, characters is dog shit. They are awful, 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 awful. Plot. Terrible. I, it is one of my lowest rated books. Uh, just. Good old Patty. Oh, God. I, I, I can't even read the second book. I, I just don't want to. 
Well, and it's one of the most beautifully written books. And like, yeah. I don't know how I can feel that way. Of like, it is gorgeous. I, you know, I did feel emotion. He wrote scenes of songs being sung and playing an instrument, and I felt it. I that was one of the best scene, best written scenes of written songs. It was great. I felt like I was there, and then other than that, nothing. Sanderson, I loved it all the way. <laughs> not, I, not just is Sanderson a fantastic writer. He is consistent. He is a machine. Oh, no, he, Patrick Ruffus, oh, yeah. who wrote the name of when one of the big critiques he gets is he has, he's very like George R. R. Martin, where he hasn't published or written his third, third book, book in the trilogy or is it over a, a decade. Or is it going to be more than that? But whatever it's going to be, says a trilogy. He but... has not written it in over a decade. Same with George R. R. Martin. He released the first episode, a couple, uh, the first chapter, a couple weeks ago. Oh, just the first chapter. Did you read it? No, I haven't no. read the second book. So, but Sanderson is the not not just a fantastic writer and my favorite writer, but the way he treats his fans and the way he is so consistent with publishing and writing is is kind of inhuman. Yeah, I'm a little concerned. Uh, somehow he has a great work life balance. Seems like he's living great. Out in Utah, teaches that class, which if you guys are writers, watch that class online. He does it every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a Bing, it starts with a B somewhere out in Utah. But Sanderson, on his website, keeps track and shows people, shows his fans, where he is at in his book. So whether he's 10, 20, 30% done with the first draft, the second draft, the editing phase. And just uh, the fourth book in the series, Rhythm of War, came out. Mm-hmm. And he just announced that he's still have not read, by the way. And he announced that he's just starting the fifth book. See, so you've had, I think, six months. Oh no, like three, three months. You haven't read a page. I, I've in three had months. a pause on reading. I'm getting back into it. And I've just been editing so so much with these podcasts, and my time has been consumed with so much podcast work. I mean, you should have seen them. They were edited to perfection. I had, I had like a, a just CGI in the background. There was a cool, uh, there was a. I, I tried to put some color to the walls here. Oh, I was, I was doing great. Wave Kings you could not measure my disappointment. <laughs> but Wave Kings, overall, oh, what we rambled off into a, nowhere there. Yeah. So some of the some of the biggest things in Wave Kings. That's what we were talking about. The biggest scenes in Wave Kings. What's your favorite scene? Blurt it out there. Say it with your lungs. We know what it is. Come on. It's Dalinar. Thank you. Paying Thank the you. giving the blade uh for Adeline and Bridgeforce. Yes, the priceless scene. Come on. It's Thing is, there's a thing. There's a bunch of things that were close to me. Yeah, like I, I think Caledon on the edge of the cliff in the beginning was such an emotional scene for me personally that that's what really got me to read the full book. Oh, for sure, and got me to continue for sure. But that one, I'm and the significance of Sill. Oh, it, bringing Caledon in, in the storm. He is mine. Oh. I claim him. Ah, oh, just so cute. Oh, still is fantastic. Honestly, any scene where people acknowledge the Blackthorn, right? 
awesome. Just right. I love like in very beginning is like, oh, who's this old man? Like, ugh, look at this pacifist. He's trying to like honor the codes. Like, ugh. he's this old man's past his time, and then he just destroys a monster, and everyone's like, oh no, the Blackthorn's still the Blackthorn. He he's he's still. He still got it. He still has it. And the other best scene, which uh, I want to give you credit for this, because we had a wave. We were talking about Wave Kings and the podcast that is no longer with us at the moment. Uh huh. But you mentioned this, and I completely forgot because it's right at the end of the book. Oh yeah, Dalinar telling <sighs> the king. By the way, I'm banging your mom. What a beautiful! I will be banging your mom. It's. He Doesn't says matter. it so elegantly. It's just Oh yeah. He storms in that room and is just fed up. I think that was the that was politicking. Such, that, that was catharsis right there. Uh, we had a whole book of Dalinar trying to be trying to be the politician and trying to prove to his nephew that, hey, look, I'm on your side. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. And his nephew just being a paranoid, weak person a weak man and a weak king ultra paranoid right about something that happened to his oh no he think no he thought that uh he had a right kind of to be paranoid but like yeah someone was trying to get to him but the way he's acting was not gonna help yeah and he thought that maybe dalinar was trying to kill him and which basically led to him trusting sedeus which screwed over dalinar and like all this stuff and the king is just not being logical King is just kind of throwing a fit, and your downer's just going there like, my God, can you just be a competent leader for once? And then finally, just goes into the king's door, kicks him out on the balcony, and says, guess what? Every single guard in your palace is mine. I could kill you right here, and they are my men. I could kill you any time I wanted, but I'm not, because I'm on your side. So get that through your thick, thick skull. That if I wanted to be king, I could kill you now. <laughs> also, by the way, I'm banging your mom. <laughs> so <laughs> was it in that order? Yeah, it was. Okay, good. It so, wasn't that so order. He threatened him first, and then okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Alcala was like, by the way, Downer. Not I, even. I heard threat. these rumors that you and my mom, like, I don't want there to be anything uncouth going on. And it's like, better get used to uh, your, your mom and I are a thing, so you better get used to that. <laughs> And Navani and, and her character, we don't get a ton of her in Way of Kings, but you were saying how she, she becomes one of the better characters in the book. I very much wish we could talk about the fourth book. No, we can't yet. What, more good things happen? I'll get this, there. This I will is get Calden's there. book. Okay. Second is uh, Shallon's book. Third is Dalinar. Mm-hmm. Fourth is Navani's book. Oh, interesting. That's her book. Okay. And it's great. It's my favorite Stormlight book. Wow. Over Oathbringer? Over Oathbringer. God. I can't imagine that. Oh, yeah. Over Rhythm, or what was the second? Words of Radiance? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, for me, it, each book gets progressively better. That's the sign of a fantastic series. Which, yeah. we're, we're going to say this every podcast. Um, I'm going to make sure to put it in. But Lord of the Rings, fantastic trilogy, the greatest of all time. Um one of the things that's so impressive about it is it arguably gets better with each episode. Or not yeah. each episode, with each movie. There's, there's not many movies that do that. No, not at all. Not at all. But we're going to mention it um, 
at least once per podcast, and I had to get the uh, which we oh, already sure. did multiple times. But I just wanted to throw it well, in there again before the case. rings of power. My goal before that thing drops in September. Okay, I hope to finish uh, the Silmarillion yeah. and a couple of the other ancillary uh, stories. Uh, pat like they go further in. It basically they're stories that go deeper into some of the tales told in the Silmarillion. Like the Second Age and the the First and Second Age. Okay. And so I'm hoping to finish those by the time I get there, by the time September. So I will be able to have a more accurate negative opinion about the show. The show. I already know I'm not gonna like I'm I'll be honest. They're not basing it on Lord of the Rings, from what I heard. Okay, just the mess of it is they own, they were able to buy Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Okay. That's all. They have that. So they could, if they wanted to, do a TV show of The Lord of the Rings. They could just remake The Lord of the Rings, but as a TV show, and include all the stuff that Peter Jackson left out, which... Maybe pan, maybe fans would like a more because with a TV show you could add more time and it could be a more accurate book book sh- version of it. Okay. Or hmm. hell, throw this one out there. You want to get some diversity in characters? There are some characters in Middle Earth that side with Sauron because of the problems with uh, basically Gondor, and you could you could do a television show on go deeper into those characters that are not explored in Lord of the Rings. So you can kind of make it up as you want, because Tolkien didn't go into it. You can take your own liberty with it and explore those characters and give an interesting side of it. Like, that could be interesting. And you have all the diversity characters you want. Do whatever you want with that. But no, they decide to take the 30-something pages of the... Um, from the... Uh, was Return of the or? King. No. Oh, from Return of the King. Okay. From the Return of the King, there are um, about 30 pages of notes. Like, there's a... Not... What do you mean notes? Not notes. The uh, appendix? Or? Appendix, yes. Oh, really? The appendix. From the appendix. From the appendix of Return of the King. Okay. They are basing their television show off of that. Huh. Which basically gives nuggets into the first second age so they're gonna free ball it mostly it's basically free balling yes and we see what happens with shows like game of thrones when they free ball it yeah but this time they're starting out of the gate oh free ball that's that's not even an adaptation at that point no if what no, you're saying not. is true it's, oh it is they don't have the rights to po- silmarillion positive. They, this show i am positive they, they do not have the rights to silmarillion they are not allowed wow. to take anything directly from the silmarillion i'm going in with a really negative attitude about it then oh, i'm yeah. not gonna expect a lot i knew if that it's not when, based on lord of the rings thing is if it isn't they could set it in the world and yeah. do something that is not explored in lord there's plenty of stuff okay. in tolkien's that you could explore something that isn't Tolkien didn't already do. Yeah. Go with that. Tell your own story inside. But if you're going to directly, you're just going to tell a worse version of what Tolkien already did, why bother? There's no point. And in all honesty, the teaser trailer looked a little generic, but you don't get much from it. Like, in all honesty, like, you can't get too much of a negative or positive review from the teaser itself. But just all the background information following this t- TV show. Uh, 
how they don't have the rights to the Silmarillion, yet they're doing a story from the Silmarillion. They're doing how they're marketing it is clearly they're not they don't care about the characters. They don't care about the story. They just care about the title Lord of the Rings and diversity, equity and inclusion. Like it's just buzzwords, but they don't go into like what's the character's journey? What's the plot? Like they don't care about any of it. And so I already know like I- so I'm not going to like You've it. really looked into this. Yeah, I have. So I've, I haven't followed. I saw the trailer about a minute long. Yeah, uh, you showed me that trailer, that clip, which mm-hmm. it's just generic. It's generic. It gives it, you nothing. That's that's the thing I was a little squirming about. Was the minute trailer looked like I was watching a a generic movie trailer? Yeah, and I think it actually it's, had it's music from so- Star Wars trailer. What? I like. It had. It didn't have Lord of the Rings music. It okay. had like generic. I think it used uh, music okay. from the Lord of the Rings, uh, uh, Star Wars. Tra- Who knows? I think knows? I may be wrong on that, but I I remember but, it sounded similar. Hey, maybe when September comes. We're gonna watch it for their sake. Might as well for moms. Give, give hey, our mom. give our review and yeah. Colin. Maybe we'll get Colin around. Maybe, because Colin. maybe the word gets out to Colin that uh, that we're reviewing. The, what is it called? The, ring the Rings of, of Power. Ring Lord of, of the power. Rings. Rings of Power. The Rings of Power. And maybe he comes around and listens to our, our review on it. We'll give the right review. Because as you see, I think we're done. We, we pretty much got Wave Kings, yeah, right? Yeah. Please, please read Wave Kings. Please. Oh, yeah. That's... It's phenomenal. And also, no because of the Wave Kings is a thick, thick boy... Um, if you're n- if you don't want to commit to a really thick series, and maybe the series isn't done yet, so you don't want to re- start a series that isn't completed, try Mistborn. Mistborn was very good. It's a trilogy, shorter, and it's some of uh, you know great Sanderson work. So, yeah, if you Anything don't want to go Sanderson, right. is yeah recommended. Yeah, and we'll have more reviews on some Sanderson stuff too. He's just sure just read it across the board. But yeah, the but rings with of the, with the trailer, rings of power. It's that's the, the thing is diversity is not in and of itself bad. It isn't. It, it's fine. Uh, it can be admirable in some cases, but it's just a pattern that if you see the marketing and if you see the the shows, either book, movie, or television show, if their focus is diversity they're probably going to miss out on other aspects. They're probably not going to write good characters. The plot is probably not going to be very interesting. It's, like, I can be wrong, sure, but the trend is, like, it just keeps happening. Where a if story... sacrifice story. There's plenty of stories out there that have diversity in them, but it clearly wasn't the focus. It just is. It's a part of the story. Mm-hmm. Because the characters are more important. The plot is more important. The world building is more important than the color of someone's skin. It's not that important. Past, like, the poster. Like, after the poster's done, you need to tell a story. Now, what are they doing at the... So, there's some controversy, right? Yeah. And that Lord of the Rings is set in a... England... Or a, a, what period With would you say? specific... In English slash Norse? What, what is it inspired on? It's 
so Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings as he he wanted to write a mythology uh-huh. for uh northern northern Europe. Okay. Basically because of historic you know, history within Northern Europe, their history and mythology was taken from them. Like they were conquered. Basically their own mythology's gone. And so Tolkien decided, hey, because you know, he's a you know, he's a scholar. He decided to write for fun a little bit, then it developed like, hey, here's my take on, you know, basically British mythology. Yeah. There's a lot of white people in Britain. It's mostly white it's like especially historically, it's an ethnically homogenous. Basically, so that's Middle Earth. Yeah, and so the controversy is they're having uh, people in Middle Earth who are not. Yeah, where in Tolkien's work there are there are characters that are ethnically diverse, but they're yeah. not like specifically this section that a lot of the story is told is supposed to be fantasy Northern Europe, which is basically white people. Then there's other groups of people well so in the show are they going to those other places no that's the problem they're staying in that area where yeah well so like there's a uh black elf which in and of itself if you're trying to be accurate to tolkien doesn't make sense like they're all supposed to be uh at least you know the ones in middle earth they're supposed to be fair skin pay they all have honestly Mm. If they wanted to do a black elf, mm-hmm. all right, at least make him look like an elf. Give him the long hair. Well, they do. Like, all elves have long hair. There's supposed to be, like, a bit of, you know, gender. Um, they're supposed to be more androgynous. Like, the females and males kind of have this elegance. Okay. And there's, they're supposed to be tall. They're supposed to have this uh, long, flowing hair. They're typically black or brown hair, not blonde. Which it happens, but it's rare. It's more commented on. But that is a, uh, like, they could have at least done that, but they didn't. Same thing with uh, dwarves. Dwarves are apparent, like, also not really described to be black, but I think that's a bit more ambiguous. The main thing is that dwarven men and women look so similar that men normally can't tell them apart. So the women also have beards. They look, they have similar build to a man, Hmm. a dwarven man. And yet in the show... Clearly a woman. Like, you can't even tell it's a dwarf unless you're told The big concern is, are they focusing so much on, oh, can we cast the right people to be diverse enough that they take away from the story and it's actually going to be a good show? Yeah. Now, if they can pull all this off and it's still a fantastic show and stays true to Tolkien, which, hey, do you ever see that happening? I'm... Not looking I'm like doubtful. It. Doubtful, yeah. Well, the way you're describing it, yeah, it's um, I'm getting pretty doubtful now too. I was a little bit excited when I heard Amazon was doing this. I was too, but I was because we haven't had Lord of the Rings content since The well, Hobbit. I I just well, I watched Wheel of Time. Yeah, from which is also Amazon, and season one just came out. Other than and, casting, and I think they did casting great. Casting is wonderful in the show. And maybe the the look the look of the show actually looks really good and I think okay. fairly accurate, except the magic system. The magic looks a little wonky, but other than that, that's the positives for the show. Plot. That's a short list. <laughs> rough. 
Um, comes pacing. Ooh, pacing was rough. Ending the last episode. <laughs> Stinker. And unfortunately, the season one is based off of the Eye of the World, which is arguably the worst uh, Wheel of Time book. Hmm. They could change. Like all Wheel of Time fans were like. This could change. Like you can make changes. You don't need to be like exactly accurate. There's plenty of things to change. Like we're fine with it. Sure. There's a couple things to get right, but change the ending. We're fine with that. <laughs> and it, they still didn't do well. They didn't. Did they change a significant portion of what the story can be in the future? So did they affect the series so that season two? is going to go off in a different direction? Is that what you were upset about? Or was just the plot of book one a couple not things, up to par with that? A couple things character-wise, and they had production issues, both okay. due to COVID and one of their key cast members bailing on mm. you know breaking contract and leaving, so they had to replace one of their main characters last minute. So, Oof. like, you could tell... You can't blame them for that. Like, the, <laughs> what are they going to do? Okay. Uh, there's because of COVID. There's some scenes that they had planned uh, for. Yeah, you know, they planned for these big action scenes with a lot of extras. They couldn't get the extras back because COVID. So you can give them a little grace. But in terms of they changed a lot with the magic system, which I hope they maybe retcon or work it back because. A big part of the Wheel of Time is the fact that there is a female power source and a male power source, Sidin and Sidar. And that's like one of the most central parts <laughs> of the Wheel of Time. And the fact that women can't see uh, the male half and the males can't see the women's half. Man, you're spoiling the whole series for me. Not really. It's spoiled. Yeah. You know I've my thoughts on spoilers, though. I've given you time. Yeah, well, we actually ha- we kind of disagree here hmm. uh, a little bit on spoilers, don't we? I guess so. Maybe. I make spoilers are such a huge deal for me. So Wheel of Time, which I will get to one yeah. day. Uh, I, I'll I I'll leave it one. there. I was a disappointed. I'm hoping that most of it is production issues that yeah. maybe they'll fix in season two. Maybe, but after wheel after the rigs of power, I'm looking at it going just. Why have hope? It's, and it's your favorite series of all time, right? The, the yeah. books, so. I always have the books. a little disappointing. I, I, I mean, I always have the books to read yeah. again, so. Yeah. I remember you were super excited when that trailer came out. Oh, yeah. You were, you were ecstatic. And I've, never, I've never seen you that happy. And I, I've seen you get <laughs> jobs. I've seen you almost graduate college. I've yeah. seen you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was that was that was a bit too far. Yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> no, it felt good. I had to get that off my chest. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I've seen you go through so many life milestones, and yet the happiest—I'm not exaggerating for content here—the happiest I've ever seen you in my life was when they announced Real Time Show was coming out. You jumped up and down. Do you remember physically? Imagine this man jumping up and down, like it was. Oh. It's it was, like it like cool. a like a child, and I was so happy for you. I'd never seen you so excited, and I wanted it to do so well. 
And then as the episodes came out, episode one, I was like, how was it, Richie? You're like, you know, it had, uh, how was episode two, Richie? Well, I think, how was episode three? I think, how was episode four? Four. And then your, your depression got worse and worse. Well, there was a moment there though. Like first episode, not so good. Second episode, better. There was like episode six was pretty darn good. Like there's some there's okay. Some, there's some stuff. There's some there's nuggets. Hope. There were nuggets, and then the ending was not good. So uh, it's like a little bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, but man, when the show gave time to let the characters breathe and just have some character moments where like they slowed down and the characters kind of just chatting, not about the plot, but just like honestly, one of my favorite scenes from the show is the main cat and there's not much of a spoiler. No, I, I'm just this is a side either. thing. But the cast is walking, you know, they're on horses going through and they're all pretty sad, dejected, depressed after having to leave their home. And one of the characters sees that everyone else is kind of sad and kind of dejected. Mm-hmm. And he starts singing a little song. Okay. A little little a village song. Queen to your witcher. Not that kind of song? No, but okay. like, uh, the, it's a song with, okay, this, he starts singing this little folk song that they have, and the others start, you know, looking up, and they start chiming in, and then the wizard, you know, the the mentor wizard character, Moraine, is looking, going like, how the hell do these kids know about Manetherin? Like, that's a like, which is a historic, like, Manetherin is this historical... Um, like historically significant uh, nation okay. and this great people and they just and it's their folk song about ah, and so, so she the, the song has history it ah, has history cool. and so cool. and you get Moraine to be able to explain the history of Manetherin Ooh. and you just it was such a good moment of like seeing characters interact and like a character caring about his friends to try and cheer him up nice. and then it weaves into the actual history of the lore of the world. Yeah. I loved that moment. That was some of the best part of the show, and it wasn't the action. Like, that's what I wanted more of. And we didn't get much of it. I I can relate to you on disappointment from shows, as you know. Yes. Yeah. You've convinced me not to watch Game of Thrones at all. Don't. No. Uh, I, I legitimately... That's my opinion. Is as fantastic as seasons one through six are, and when I mean fantastic, like, some people don't like season six and they think that's where it falls off, but I still think up through season six is the best television you can ever watch. But when you finish season six, you're going to want to continue. You don't want to just end the story there and you're inevitably going to get to season eight, which is not not even debatably. Like Everyone says this on the internet. You don't have to listen to me for this. Just look yeah. anywhere. It is universally the worst <laughs> season the worst, uh, just the worst production. I shouldn't say production because the cinematography was fantastic. They had so much money to do that. The story, I, I heard, the it was really dark. Like scenes um, were very dark and hard th- to see. Episode three, with where the White Walkers attacked and then died in one episode, after eight seasons of buildup of them being the big, big bad. Yeah, winter is coming, and it's gone. Winter is coming. We have the most intense we have the thanos the thanos is coming this is the climax this is your doomsday never mind it's cersei and it's hiding in king's landing she's where this story is going to end off which don't get me wrong cersei was a great character and a villain but she's not as threatening as 
basically zombies a zombie apocalypse but they're white walkers i could talk forever about it but no it was super disappointing uh wheel of time you probably didn't get that much disappointment i imagine because it's the show's just starting maybe it can recover maybe there's some hope i'm i'm hoping they can recover that maybe they'll take some i'm also i i went into it and have the understanding that it is an adaptation it is it is another turning of the wheel. It's not it's not trying to be the books. It mm-hmm. is trying to be based on the books. Oh, but cool. actually there's like a headcanon lore for so the wheel of time is basically history repeats itself. And it you know, the wheel keeps turning. Age is coming past. Okay. And so the headcanon is that the books is one turning of uh you know the the fourth, uh, f- the third or fourth turning of the wheel, and the show is actually like a nut, like a future version of events. So same, the same peep, the same people, the same things, but all a little different. That's the headcanon. But yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, scene for scene, perfect. It doesn't need to be exact, but it's an adaptation. Yeah, I'm fine with it being an adaptation. I just want it to be good. Game, that's what Game of Thrones did so fantastically for six seasons. They adapted. They didn't do scene for scene. It's kind of impossible. Yeah. I mean, our, let's bring it up again. Why not? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is an adaptation. It does I, not have everything. I, I, will, I will admit the embarrassing thing for me on the amount of books here I've read, and I have not completed the Lord of the Rings. But you're making book. your way there. I'm making my way. Well, I was intimidated. Like yeah. I read all these books, I'm thinking like, "Oh man, what if I don't like Lord of the Rings? It's classic fantasy. I'm really into this modern fantasy. What uh-huh. if I don't like it? I don't want to not like Lord of the Rings. Don't meet your heroes." Yeah, and I just thought like, "Yeah, it's a big book. I, I what if I don't like it?" Right. And then I started reading it. It was like, "Ah, this is pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> this is pretty awesome." Okay, good. So I, I'm I'm enjoying it a lot so far. I'm just about done with Fellowship right now. Okay. And then I'll move into you know Two Towers and I'll keep going till I get to the Silmarillion and then. So keep her going. At the rate you read, we'll have a review by next podcast. <laughs> it's uh, it's incredible how how much you can yeah. read now. Well, I've been slowing down on it because I have to study. So right. unfortunately, I can't read at the. Not for Blazing college. Speeds. Not for college, though, for a different thing, right? No. Because college we still gave up on. We're... Yeah, basically. Okay. I may go back. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the, I think there's there's a lot to be said about destroying shows. And it's happened yeah. to, I, I mean, I mentioned Game of Thrones was my biggest disappointment. Your biggest disappointment, I mean, the viewers don't know this yet. They're going to probably hear this a lot, was Doctor Who. And I've you showed me a couple episodes from earlier seasons, and they're pretty good. I liked it. Doctor um, Who hit. But then, what season was it where it just took a dive? Season eight. Season eight. Oh, so it's of the has, modern Who. So we have that in common. It, season eight. Actually, Game of even Thrones. season eight, it was a drop in quality, but like maybe season ten. Yeah. But somewhere around there, even then, but. What I held on. Now? What season are they on? I don't know. I, I've stopped. It, they've made me not care anymore. I, I, Doctor Who was a big part of my wardrobe. It was a big oh. part of my childhood. I I made friends 
around Doctor Who. I got okay. so many people into it. I went, I, I collect. I had a TARDIS piggy bank. I had a TARDIS lamp. I have I have TARDIS and Doctor Who stuff out the wazoo. I have all of it. I went to conventions. It was my favorite thing. You went to conventions. That's I cool. did. I, I went to one that. convention. Let's. Be we honest. should go to a convention. I went Not to a, a Doctor Who convention. I went to a convention in Albuquerque. It was an Albuquerque convention, so... Oh, what's that mean? I, I don't know the Albuquerque lingo. It's out west. It's not a lot of people. Oh. It they, was fun. They shot Breaking Bad in New Mexico. I mean, you have that. The Breaking Bad convention would probably be bigger. Okay. But Doctor Who fans in Albuquerque. <laughs> not as not as big. Okay, I get your point. Not as big. Okay. But no, I, I, I dressed up as Tom Baker's uh, doctor and... And turned my RC car into K9 and drove it around school. That was my Halloween costume. I fucking loved it. It was great. I love Doctor Who. And that is one of the shows, like, it had heart. It may not be perfect television. The, you know, CGI can maybe look wonky. The characters can be sometimes inconsistent. Like, or the plot can be kind of tropey or, you know... You know, ass poles coming through. Like, you know, Deus Ex Market, whatever. I did not care. <laughs> it's You put your mind aside. It's that yeah, brainless I watch it. of, well, no, I like it. It yeah. had heart. The okay. characters were fun. That's and the enjo- best part like, about I show. felt emotion for the characters. And I felt something when things happened to them. That's the main thing. And I enjoyed being on the Doctor's Adventure. That's so cool. And The then, Doctor and... The doctor that you showed me was the best was David Tennant. David Tennant is the best, yeah. He's your crush. Oh, yeah. No, I'd, I'd run away with that man. Heartbeat. Yeah. yeah. I he, mean. Not even gay, but I would, I would run away. Stunning. I mean. I, He's the best. I still don't see how you like him over Henry Cavill. It baffles, me. baffles me. I will take David Tennant over Henry Cavill. That's, that's absurd. Now, I was actually going to make fun of you so many times. You were talking about your fandom and like all the things you did. And he's, yeah. I was going to make fun of you, but I realized I have no room to talk. <laughs> Especially as we're sitting here in our basement recording a podcast. For Which we're... How far are we in? Oh, I have no idea. Oh, we're a while in, so no one's listening. Yeah. Right? No one's listening. We're you have good. a lot of editing work to do. This is a safe space for us, though. Yeah. This is We could just release our feelings. Nah. And no one, no one in the world will know. What we're gonna say right now? I, I had so I had so much hope for the the new uh, female doctor. Okay, Jody I thought Whittaker. you were gonna say hope about her podcast. I was gonna say wow. oh no, none yeah, for that. Okay, none of that. Hope no. for, we're changing subjects. Got it. Nah, doctor just, Jody Whitaker. I, I saw her in Broadchurch. She was really good. Broadchurch liked her, and I was like, hey, great. Okay. I, I she was a good act, actress there. Maybe they'll do pretty good. But then they changed out the showrunner, and all. Basically everybody. They got like showrunner, the entire cast. I think they got new writers. They got like it was all new people. Nice. Yeah. And it sucked from they had not nice. They had space Nazis. That was a villain. A space Nazi. Time traveling space Nazi. That that's a clear the, the villain Oh, okay. Clarifies it. Un- just this white guy from the future went back in time to you know to win Rosa Parks uh, got on the bus and his big evil plan was to stop Rosa Parks from uh, having her uh, you know protesting uh, Jim Crow era laws on the bus 
and thus would make black people enslaved forever in history. That would cause the chain of events for civil rights never to have happened. First that off, was the I story. see some flaws there. I feel like Rosa Parks would just went to a different bus. <laughs> or <laughs> something else. Something else like, it's retarded. It's a retarded plot. It, they couldn't even make the alien look weird or cool. It mm. was just some Aryan white guy. Like, oh yeah, I'm from the future, and I don't like black people. That was all he did. It was dull, and it was boring, and it was awful. Just be creative. Do something neat. But I can't even do, like, I, that's what I want. I want neat things. They can't even do neat things anymore. A lot of remakes. A lot of remakes are happening. You see uh, yeah, Ghostbusters was a big remake. Actually, yeah. the Ghostbusters Afterlife, we saw that in theaters. Well, that's not a remake. That was a continuation. Oh, that's right. That's right. The remake was the Ghostbusters before that. But you also yeah. see the remake, obviously, Lord of the Rings. They're doing that again. Yeah. Uh, which, again, maybe not exact remake, but they're going off of it. I mean, they're they're doing, a, you know, of course, Star Wars, Star Trek. Yeah. All them. Um, Big problem, though, is I wanted to talk about this. Subverting expectations. Yeah. In these stories, in books, in movies, you see it everywhere. And a big thing now, and you've you've talked a lot about this with me off podcast, mm-hmm. is the way that it seems like subverting expectations is now a focus um, where they try to shock the audience with some sort of twist. Uh, but the twist is dumb. It, if it's not built up properly, you need to have two primary things for a twist number one it has to be built up in a way that would make sense for the character obviously and if it goes against that character's intuition or how you know them defeats the whole purpose of a twist it's not believable takes you out of the experience and number two has to and i mean has to change the story in a better way yeah and if it doesn't do those two things it's a terrible twist you have to nail those two on on the head for you to be surprised or not just surprised but enjoy the twist that's a good way to put it because if the twist is worse than what the story was going on originally then yeah no don't do it why do it why do it it subverting expectations for the sake of it it's like yeah i watched the movie i expected the movie to be good you subverted that (laughs) congratulations that's a solid point but no, it it's the same thing with um. It, it comes along the same line. The J.J. Abrams mystery box. What's that idea? Basically, like he did a TED talk of he got this dumb box with a question mark on it. It's like for storytelling, you have a mystery box, and the story is about what's in the box. Okay. But whatever's in the box doesn't matter. Don't open the box and just like you know. The mystery is the whole point. And I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of important. What's in the box? What's in the box? It's kind of important of like what the whole plot is about. And you can see it in his movies where he has no end game. He he puts these questions. He puts these like, ooh, what about this? Ooh, what about this? Oh, you're going to like, hey, you got to, you know, watch more. Who will raise parents? Who will raise parents? Uh, With snow. <laughs> he has all these things. And yet, the box is empty. The uh, mystery box is empty. He has nothing inside. It's, it's just doesn't have substance. Huh. Uh, that's a terrible writing idea. Like, J.J. Abrams 
what else has he directed? Not much good. Want me to here? I'll list off a couple. Um, because I just know him for Star Wars. I should know him for more. He did Star Trek, which I kind of liked the third one. Star Trek. He did do Star Trek. He did a couple of them. It looks like he did three. Okay. He's also done. Rathacon was uh, pretty awful. Mission Impossible Fallout. Have you seen that? I've not seen that. Maybe. He did. Uh, oh God, I don't think we know many of these movies. Yeah. Star Wars is the one. Oh, Men in Black, the new one, the 2019. One. Oh. He did that. See, speaking of remakes, that was a remake. That was recently. a stinker. Was that a remake or a continuation? I don't know. Whatever yeah. it was. Uh, a lot of the Mission Impossibles. And uh, Gone Fishing. That looks like a cute movie. Yeah. All right. Point, point proven. <laughs> I I think he was... I, I don't know if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. If, but yeah. I think he was kind of set up as a successor to Spielberg. Like, I thought him and Spielberg were actually friends of some type or... I thought Spielberg maybe mentored him, and but uh, doesn't seem to go anywhere. You're asking the wrong person for sure. That's fair. This is a question for we got a friend Jordan who is a oh, film he, buff. He will be a real asset to this podcast. He will be on this podcast. Yeah. I need to figure out the technical way to get a third microphone. I don't know how yet. Yeah, yeah that's gonna that's gonna cost money too. Uh, we've we invested. We've already dropped like a thousand dollars into everything. Yeah, and that's not including the bookcase. We, I once built. again, no one's listening, so we can be very candid about this. Like oh, yeah. we spent almost a thousand dollars. Yeah, um, and have had zero episodes up. We kind of just said, you know, what? screw it. Let's just do put. Well. Let's force ourselves to do it. It put us in such a hole that we have to at least do this for three months. Yeah, let's see let's how do it the goes. sunk cost fallacy. Exactly. <laughs> let's just do it because otherwise, you know, we're gonna be like, ah, we'll eventually buy it and then yeah. do this. Yeah. But no, we, uh, we got skin just, in the game. Oh, skin in the game. I, my livelihood is on the line, Richie. I'm counting on this to do well. This is this was the whole game plan. Yeah, but... I mean, the setup, not bad at all. Uh, be, I don't know if we mentioned this, but behind me, this bookshelf here, made by Richie. Yeah. Made by yours truly, this bookshelf. Uh, and it goes off past me in this direction, too, uh, which we need to fill up with books, but... Yeah. Eventually we'll be there. Uh, bookshelf all here. This one, Ikea. Yeah, works well enough. And the guitar, um, you you might have the seen it. The biggest lie. Yeah, biggest lie. Neither of us play guitar, as you could see by our intro and maybe <laughs> outro of us just yeah. screaming into the mics. Um, that's the only thing I know. And the only reason is because it's Lord of the Rings song. You got to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been a big, big cost um, to both our pockets and our... Uh, no. Funny enough, yeah. It's still not as big a drain as all the books I've recently bought. That is true. I have spent a significant true. portion of my salary on books every month. And of course, you like know that, that that Barnes and Noble is the only store I go in. Like I, I don't spend under a hundred dollars. Yeah, Barnes and Noble. Like don't every order time I go. go, feel it in person. You know? Oh yeah, it's that it's nice so much fun. But like, I think I was. On the heat of it, I was spending three hundred dollars a month on books. Good. 
because I was reading about three books a week. Yeah, it was. Or and if it it was a if it's a Sando novel, then maybe one or two. But like, if it's a, I don't know, a Gideon or a Poppy War, I could finish that in about two days. Yeah. So, honestly, it's good for my wallet that I'm slowing down in my reading. Now, me, I've slowed down in my reading um, mainly because... You don't um, read. I couldn't even think of a good excuse there. That was, There's okay. so many things I want you to read. Yeah. Like, uh, of, I, of, I course, of course, of course, Wheel of Time. Like, you, you will have a different appreciation for world building and characters... Okay. If you read Wheel of Time. Okay. Okay. And then for whimsy and dialogue and just the the amount of wit, um, I would say Discworld. Like the amount of smiles that you get from Discworld. It's just it's the ten out of ten smile chart. It's the most smiles per page that you can ever have in a book. You've read some passages to me. You've you've let me read them they're and so they good. are they're pretty awesome. They're so good. Then I mean, you got that. You have Shadow of the Gods, which has just been a kind of a surprise hit the past uh, past while. Richie, and I'm going to stop right there. I'm not interested in what you like. This is a podcast. Point to what you hate the most. Ah, uh, and not you. not Name of the Wind. Oh, I guess the Poppy War. The Poppy War also behind you. Really, the Poppy War out of all these. I, I didn't enjoy it. I yeah. know, like, a lot of people liked it, but... No, I'm not, just I'm not saying it. that I didn't read it. But Poppy War, I don't remember you saying you hated it that much. Is that just because all the other books are just solid or better than it? Is it a genuinely I know it's bad a well, book? No, no, I don't think it is. Like, it's well-written. Uh-huh. I just didn't enjoy the story. Fair. The world was... We- the- I just did not connect with it. I wasn't interested in reading the next book. I bought the next book. I bought both of them together because I heard like, oh, it's going to be good. Huh. But I just never was interested in reading the next book because didn't really care about the main character. Fair enough. It, it was just... And we know how that can feel. I couldn't connect with the main character of Dune, which yeah. is why the Dune movie is the worst movie of the year. We're going to table that, and that's incorrect, but we're going to table That'll that That'll be one. an episode. That'll, that'll be a fun one. Now, Dune was... I'm so glad I read the book before I watched the movie, though. That was, I wish I did. The book is. I, I can understand why it had such influence. It may not be my favorite, a uh, sci-fi book ever, but it's up there. Hyperion's and your favorite sci-fi, right? Hyperion's the best. Which another one I have to read. Oh God, I have to catch God, up. You have so much. much. I know. You, you have fifteen books but, of listen, Wheel of Time. There, you have. There, let's focus one at a time. Dune. We're gonna have a whole episode on that. But yeah. at the very least, our next episode. I think we're going out Thursday, Thursday night. Yeah. We're going to go see Batman, the new Batman, and we'll have a review. <clears throat> we'll have our thoughts, give our mathematical formula. Uh, mathematical review. On what the Batman, the new Batman, which is with who? What's his name? The Pretty boy. The Twilight guy? Yeah. Wow, we look so intelligent right now. <laughs> we... I, hey, I say pretty boy. I think he'll actually be pretty good. I have hope for I actually do have hope, too. A lot of people are dogging on him, and... I, I think I think he, I I think he has something clips. to prove. He yeah. has something to prove in this movie, and I'm look. He's trying to reshape his image instead of pretty boy vampire. It's cool action hero guy. You're damn right. 
So right. I think he has something. It's like, uh, you know, when Robin Williams would go from a, uh, obviously he's a comedian. He'd go from all these funny movies and then do a serious role. His serious roles were the best. He would kill it. Uh, His best roles were the serious roles. Like, uh, yeah. Birdcage is one of the best remakes. It's it's a remake movie, and it's amazing. Obviously, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Um, what, is what, what is it? The, uh, oh, he stands on the table. What's that movie? Where he stands on the table, he's he's the teacher. I know exactly what, what you're talking about. That's going to get to my, my head's hurting. It uh, It's screaming. Um, what, why doing Williams movies? Mm. It's gonna come up right it, away. It hurts because I, I I like right the movie there. a lot. It. Mm. Oh no! Oh no! My captain! My captain! Uh, why? <laughs> oh, that's it. He says my Robin Williams. Uh, oh, captain. we we are really showing my captain. Uh, dead. I think poet society. God. Yeah, I think oh, anyone who yeah. was watching and maybe cared about our opinions now no longer you cares know about our. I think in that now we should end the podcast. We'll see you never. Fair enough. Well, if if you don't see the <laughs> Batman episode, it's because I accidentally deleted this one too. So don't jinx it. We'll we'll, Just, we'll see if this gets up. Uh, uh, well, uh, this was uh, however one and a half, two hour, whatever long, long of uh, two to ramble. Uh, that's Richard. That's, well, is it actually that long? Because that's a lot to edit. It's a bit. Oh my god! You'll figure it out, Richie. I'm gonna delete it on purpose this time. <sighs> it's screw you. It's <laughs> over. I'm not editing that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> no, that's so much time. Y- you'll figure it out. Oh god! All right, this is to ramble. Hey. <laughs>